Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today we are thrilled to be joined by Wes from Twin Cities Trekkies. Hi, guys. Hey, Wes. <laughs> we were... Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. We were so happy to be on your show a couple weeks ago uh, where we were talking about guest stars in Star Trek. And that was so much fun. Oh, yes, and I had a lot of fun. I'm, I've listened to that episode so many times, and I enjoy it every time I listen to it. So <laughs> That was such a fun time. And just so amazing that you welcomed us onto your pod and let us choose the category. That was really fun. We had such a, such a blast. So it's really exciting yeah. that now you're here on our pod getting to talk about these wild death fakeouts in Voyager. <laughs> yes. And um, I think there are plenty of them. Um, I yes. think I think it has a record for the most of them. I, I'm not sure, but I would It's probably, pretty high up there. Yeah, at least, at least a dozen, I would say that. At least a dozen, yeah. maybe more. Yeah, yeah, I think we're at the stage, you know, we've been going through this death fakeout series, and I think Voyager and, like, DS9, like, we're really in the thick of so many death fakeouts and it's not just being used as like a fun random plot device like oh let's just shoot Worf and then Q can bring him back a second later (laughs) like now they're being used in I think more intelligent ways and like Mm -hmm. ways that are better for the story so I'm excited to see all the different ways that Voyager uses the death fake outs in this episode totally totally yeah So, Wes, let's get to know you a little bit more. We talked about this on your podcast, but I think just so our listeners can get to know you, um, how did you get into Star Trek? Well, um, I'm just going to say this. Uh, First off, my full first name is Wesley. So uh, (laughs) after Wes Crusher in The Next Generation, I want to get that first and foremost out there. Uh, (laughs) My parents are still very much alive. And they have been fans of Star Trek for as long as they can remember, obviously. And then mm-hmm. I have been too. When I was a kid, TNG was actually my Star Trek. But as I got into college and maybe, maybe backtrack, maybe like a couple years before that, maybe like sophomore, junior year of high school and stuff like that. And going into adulthood, DS9 is my Trek. Nice. Um, yeah, DS9 is my Trek now. And, you know, I just love all of the star trek shows i mean there are some episodes i have not seen and I, i'm it's not just like i hate it or anything like that it's just like i don't know maybe i read something that skip them i don't know <laughs> but yeah yeah been a big trek fan all my life pretty much amazing so. i love this you're second generation trek super fan <laughs> <laughs> yeah technically third generation i would think amazing because, yeah yeah because you know my mother is older than my dad Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mother watched the original series when it first aired in the 60s. That's so awesome. she was aware of it and stuff like that And when she was a kid. And then my dad got into more of it when he was growing up. And then me mm-hmm. when I was growing up. So so cool. Amazing. So who would you say would be your favorite character out of everyone you've encountered? Oh, 
<laughs> now, when you sent me these questions, Ashlyn, yes. um, I, I was really struggling with this question. There was another question later on you're going to ask me that I was really struggling with. <laughs> I have a tie, actually. I When I was thinking about it, I was going like, okay, I have a tie here for this question. <laughs> and that is between Benjamin Sisko and Seven of Nine, actually. Amazing! Yes. I love it! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Choices. Because, uh, first of all, the reason why I chose Ben Sisko is because... I think he is the most human Starfleet captain mm-hmm. because uh, he treats his crew like his family, pretty much. I mean, he's a family man, first and foremost, with his son, Jake, and stuff like that. But then as the series progresses past like the first season, um, you see more of like a family dynamic between Cisco and Dax and Cisco and Worf. And um, all these characters and stuff like that. And, you know, you got Quark, who is just the black sheep sibling of the family. Yes. <laughs> yes. Pretty totally. much. And you got the stern uncle, uh, who is Odo. <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. So, so that's why I think he's got like a familial relationship with the people who work with him. And then when I chose Seven of Nine, first of all, I like her more in Picard than I do, than I do in Voyager, first of all. Yeah. But and that's that's echoing Jerry Ryan first and foremost. I totally agree with what she said. Mm -hmm. But you know, in Voyager, she's like she's the science geek, pretty much. You know, all Mm -hmm. knows all the the science, know it all. So uh, and I like that kind of thing. You know, and you know, she's intelligent and beautiful. I like that. Yeah, I actually like Seven more because of Picard as well. And I think in Voyager, she's a great character, but now Mm -hmm. she really stands out to me as one of my favorites as well. Go mm-hmm. seven. Yes. And I'm I'm this. I'm really hoping for the last season of Picard to actually really hone that uh, relationship she has with Rafi Musiker. Oh, yes, yes, please. <laughs> We're all begging for more. Yeah. And then Absolutely. And, and, and I said this on a podcast episode of mine with mm-hmm. the Rose Where's Beverly people. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope that it leads into a spin off called Star Trek Stargazer and make it like like a romantic comedy sitcom with with oh uh, Jerry yeah. Ryan and and Michelle Hurd. I would totally watch that show and be amused because I think we need yeah. humor, more humor in Star Trek, considering totally. how the world is right now. Yes, <laughs> we need we Absolutely. need a lot more humor. So <laughs> yes, totally. oh, that would be such a fun show. Like, and sky's the limit with Paramount Plus. So yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned your podcast. Tell me a little bit about uh, Twin Cities Trekkies and what are you working on right now? Um, right now, okay, Twin Cities Trekkies, we try to do every week, um, first of all. But mm-hmm. there are times where we're like one or two weeks off or something yeah. like that recently and stuff That's like fair. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just because of busy schedules or, you know, trying to schedule things and whatnot. But we talk about everything. It's pretty much like uh, – Where's Waldo of Star Trek kind of, kind of kind of things? We talk about anything, you know. We've had episodes about uh, character analyses. We've done the main character analyses. We've done six of them. We've done it in chronological order, starting from the original series Kirk, and the most recent one we did was back in um, April, talking about the Kelvin Kirk. So, nice. um, so we've done that. We've done six of those. We've done a whole bunch of other shows, kind of like lists of like, we talked about time travel. We talked about weird episodes of Star Trek, underrated episodes of Star Trek. And those were fun to talk about. And Mm -hmm. we found out most of them were from Voyager, actually, when we did that one. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. 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 And then we've had, we've had a couple of guests on the show, like 
you guys, obviously. We've had you guys on the show. Um, I've had, and that's what we're trying to work on this summer, actually. Kenzie, my co-host, is actually on a summer hiatus. <laughs> so she is taking a break. She'll come back, hopefully, in the fall. She'll come back, and we do more episodes with her. But uh, right now, I'm trying to schedule more guests on the show. I know I've had some interests from other people like computer resume podcast i know todd I David. Them. Nice. yeah yeah I, he's reached out to me and i'm gonna try to be, try to get him scheduled this month and stuff like that and i know some other people who have been interested in doing that with me and uh that's so and great yeah something like that yeah that's pretty much what it's been like and uh, we talked about everything from star trek original series all the way to strange new worlds and um <laughs> yeah that's something we really love about your show wes is that it has sort of these like thematic episodes and that's sort of what we're doing here with our series and so it's fun to see another trek pod like really doing deep dives into these specific themes like your janeway episode like was so good getting to just talk everything janeway it was just amazing so yeah really loving we, what you're doing yeah when we did the janeway episode we talked about her uh, in voyager but also as hologram janeway in mm -hmm. prodigy as well amazing so, yeah because because it made no it made absolutely no sense to just talk focus on her time as captain of voyager yeah. where mm -hmm. you don't talk about her being um hologram janeway of the protostar absolutely so, it's all yeah, connected so, yeah yeah it's all connected somehow oh and not only you guys we've been on the show the one guest I really did enjoy doing in those last summer, actually, I had a German geoscientist, um, and she had a she had a put a blog post on her website, talking about dialogue in mm. Star Trek, specifically in Voyager, <laughs> among all shows. So cool, because, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it was all about based on gender and you mm. know and stuff like that. So. You know, it was really cool how I got in touch with her, actually. So Kenzie had shared it with me. And then I reached out to her via her website. And then, like, a few hours later, she gets a hold of me going, like, oh, I would totally love to be on your show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so amazing. amazing. <laughs> and then we ended up doing it. It was, I mean, granted, it was, like, an eight-hour time difference between the two, mm -hmm. between the two, between the three of us. Because she's in Germany, and we're here yeah. in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So, so it was great. That's incredible. I love that. I, I loved it too. I mean, that was one of my favorite episodes that I did. Yeah, so that's pretty much what it is. Amazing. I just, I love getting to talk to other podcasters because we all, this community is so supportive and so great. And I think we really understand each other, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, um, if, 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 if you were on my show, now I'm on yours. It's exactly. Pretty much, you, 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 you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. <laughs> the kind circle of, of life, yes. Equivalent <laughs> exchange, yeah. So for these death fakeouts, this last question before we kind of dive into Voyager, I'm wondering for you, do you have a favorite non-Trek death fakeout? Okay, now this one was very, very hard to think of because there have been, I mean, I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of TV. It was very, very hard to think of one. But I have been watching Stranger Things lately on Netflix. Hey, okay, and, yes. And I have to say Jim Hopper. Yes. yes. <laughs> great, great answer. Yeah, because it's, it's amazing. Like, he supposedly is killed in, at the end of season three. Spoiler alert. Then he's found to be in a Russian prison. So, spoiler alert if you haven't seen season four. 
but <laughs> it was I feel okay. like kind yeah. of hinted at at the end of season three you know like yeah, I, I was hoping I was praying because Hopper's the soul of the show you yeah, know we were all <laughs> praying for Hopper yeah <laughs> absolutely when I watched season three for the first time and this was during the height of COVID actually mm-hmm. in 2020 uh, I mean first of all I wasn't a big fan of science fiction and horror I wasn't a big fan of it Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen other sort sort of like the Species franchise, for example. I'm a big fan of the Species franchise, mm-hmm. but I had not seen more of sci-fi and horror because I don't think the two really mesh that well. And that's my personal taste of uh, sci-fi. I really did enjoy watching Stranger Things. I thought the show gets better, gets better, gets better. Oh, mm-hmm. look at that. It's awesome. Picks up speed. Uh, Amazing yeah. show. Yeah, so topical. Absolutely. I just, Rian and I both just finished season four the mm-hmm. other day, and I, I'm very, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. Yeah. That's a great one with Hopper as mm-hmm. the death fake out. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that was, like I said, that question was very hard when I was trying to think of one, and I was like, okay, am I going to be thinking about something that was totally out there? But then I was like, I actually posed this question to my wife as well because mm-hmm. I wanted to get her opinion about that as well because I told yeah. her I was recording with you guys and I was going like, okay, her name is Holly. So, uh, so Holly, who is your favorite death fake out? And she brought up Jim Hopper as well. So we Perfect. were in sync with one another. Amazing. Yeah, I asked this to my husband as well, and we both really love anime. And he also said Dragon Ball, which was what I answered oh. in the first episode of this series when we were talking about that. So, yeah, it's good to be in sync. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. totally. I mean, it's okay to disagree. You oh, know? Of course. Totally, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, I have another hard question for the group. So, Rihanna, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start with you. If there was anyone from Voyager who was permanently dead, whose death would most affect the crew? This one was a tough one because I feel like when you're trying to survive in the Delta Quadrant, everyone's essential, you know, and everyone is essential to get home. Um, But I think that my answer has got to be Seven of Nine. I mean, she is, like, once she's aboard, I can't imagine it without her. Like, all this pre-Seven of Nine seasons of Voyager feel like a missing piece, you know? And as much as I love Kess, I feel like it was dumb that they tried to, like, replace two women. Like, they could have done that synthesis way better, but I just really think that Seven is when the show started to really pick up speed when her character was introduced, and she's so integral for just like Borg knowledge, but also just for like her personality, her character really reminds everyone else of their humanity. And it's really cool for the doctor's character development as well. And anyway, I think that she's essential and I would be absolutely gutted if she had actually died in Voyager. Great answer. I love it. Ashley, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so for me, like Janeway is probably my favorite character of all time. So I'm inclined to say Janeway, but I'm actually going to go with Chakotay because mm-hmm. I think he's the glue that really keeps the ship together. I mean, partially because of his relationship with Janeway and like what an amazing team they are. She really relies on him for so many things. And I think if he wasn't there as, as first officer, it just wouldn't run as smoothly, you know? Like mm-hmm. she needs someone she can really, really trust. I know if Tuvok replaced him, it'd probably still be okay. But I think there's just something about that Chakotay-Janeway relationship that's so amazing. Um, and then also he is what gets the Maquis crew to fall in line, you know? So I think Mm -hmm. if he had died early on, it would have been 
a real struggle to get them to stay together. And then I think just throughout, like for the rest of the voyage, um, he's he's just such a great character, and I love Chicote. So I think it'd be really sad if Endgame came true and he stayed yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's wow, a... great answer. Yeah. Wow. Well, for my answer, I would pick Tuvok. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. The reason why I say that is because you know, obviously, he's the wise all. You know, kind of like you know, the one who. Janeway and everybody else comes to him for advice, especially Janeway. That relationship with uh, yeah. Tuvok and Janeway is actually one of my favorite relationships in all of Voyager, actually, mm-hmm. because um, it reminds me of uh, the Kirk and Spock relationship from the original series yes. so much. I mean, because, you know, Kirk went to Spock for advice. Janeway does the same thing with Tuvok. So, um, I really liked that very much. And I think if he died and stayed dead, it would be very, very hard for the crew to get some moral guidance, I would think, from the wise old Vulcan. Uh, that is Tuvok. I mean... Totally, <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. So so I think that it would just be missing. And it would just totally change that dynamic. So if Tuvok stayed died and stayed dead it would just just totally mess up the entire the entire crew for yeah. ever oh yeah well they <laughs> totally need a telepath agreed. on board you know yeah, <laughs> like do all those mind melds once the cast goes who's gonna do all the mind melds yeah <laughs> well there's got Vorik. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's very true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing oh Okay, well, I think let's dive into these episodes, and let's start with emanations. Is that how you say it? I think that's yeah. right. Emanation. Emanation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is an interesting one. Rihanna, do you want to give a little uh, plot background about this? Sure thing. So Chakotay, Balana, and Harry Kim are beaming down to this comet, and they find a bunch of bodies wrapped in this casing, and... Chakotay is very insistent that they don't touch the bodies. It could be he has experience with accidentally desecrating a grave. And so he's like, I Whoops. do not want to do that again. <laughs> do, do not want to repeat. Um, and Bolana calls them, quote, just some naked dead people, which I thought was hilarious, by the way. <laughs> what a colorful way of saying that. So then they go for beam out and... <laughs> this is just so bizarre to me like uh, this episode is hilarious because Chakotay and Taurus beamed out fine but it's during this distortion field there's a lot of disruption going on with the transporter and a body is beamed onto Voyager's transporter and Kim is nowhere to be found and of course we as audience know that he has been transported down into the ritual death casket thing and he is not dead, like the Voyager crew thinks, and he has just shattered this entire civilization's guesses and theories about the afterlife, and uh, it's a pretty interesting, like, moral question about, like, life and death. Meanwhile, up in Voyager, <laughs> this poor woman is being revived and learning that there's no afterlife, and also having her own moral quandaries. Well, so. just that she's not in the afterlife. We, That's uh, true. She's, not, she's re- alive. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Jane Ray reassures her, like, we don't know. We don't, no <laughs> yeah. one knows. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so this is a, uh, a an episode where you just gotta say, poor Harry Kibb. Like, he is always being put in these really weird bizarre situations even in the first episode he gets kidnapped like right away like this stuff is always happening to him 
I think this is like should this should be the cover of our whole Voyager episode of Harry like in the coffin because that's just yeah. such a perfect death fake out and I, yeah. I was like this is classic Star Trek you know mm-hmm. if you don't have someone yep. like in a coffin like hey let me yeah. out you oh, know yeah. <laughs> I'm alive <laughs> I got beamed into a coffin <laughs> yeah oh boy it's typical of the first season of any first season of Star Trek. This is a first season episode, so yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's you could tell <laughs> it shows. You, you could tell the the growing pains are still there. <laughs> yes, good yeah. way of putting it. Absolutely. So, should we get into the Harry Kim part of this episode sure, where yeah. he's down yeah. on the planet? Because I think it is really interesting. Like, of course, we are way past the Prime Directive here. Like, he's clearly an alien. Like, they clearly know this. Yeah, because they're, um, they're not warp capable, right? Like, the, you're just destroying no, their culture, no. you know? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> he even yeah, says pretty... in the episode, like, he's like, yeah, we call this the Prime Directive, so I can't tell you much. I'm like, you've already <laughs> said too much, but it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just curious, like what you both thought about the civilization because it's really interesting their death ritual is pretty intense and their like views of the afterlife and everything are so interesting and I just think it's absolutely wild that one person can come in and completely disrupt this whole system yeah if someone were to come back and someone had died and come back and tells you what they saw or you say that you have no afterlife, you know, that would totally uh, throw your belief system into whack, which totally. pretty much Harry Kim did. By the way, it's another dimension, by the way, that these aliens oh, yeah. are a part of. Mm-hmm. It's another dimension. And they're deposited into this asteroid field that surrounds a ring planet. I mean, that's pretty much answering that question. It's like, uh, if someone were to come back, would you believe this person if you had no afterlife? I mean, I rewatched this episode. I only had watched mm-hmm. this like once yeah, before. Yeah, I had Same. no memory yeah, like, of this, this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had no memory of this episode. I only watched it once, and that was back but when I was, in a, was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I watched it on a rerun on my local TV station. And it was like late at night. It was like 11 o'clock at night. So that's when I remember watching it once. And I thought this was yeah. a, this is actually a pretty decent episode, first yeah. and mm-hmm. foremost. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it does have the distinction of being in the first season, which a lot of people I've seen, I'm interested to say this first of all, um, a lot of people consider Voyager's first season to be a pretty good season, actually. I've seen a lot of people say that. Hmm. But, I mean, considering that, DS9's and Voyager's first uh, DS9 and TNG's first seasons can be a little bit slow or cringeworthy as in TNG. Yes, very cringe. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I I mean, I like this episode actually uh, about, I mean, this is really great and I really like Jerry Harden, first of all. He Mm -hmm. plays that that person who does these rituals. Yeah. um, for these people. So I really did enjoy with this performance as that as that character because that was actually his last one he did for Star Trek. Wow. Um, wow. He had done two other sh- episodes of Star Trek before him, both in The Next Generation. He had done an episode of the first season and then he was back as Sam Clemens in that oh, no. wonderful two-parter, <laughs> Time Zero. Wow, well, so, that's amazing. wild. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a Trek expert, so I, I mean I know my trivia pretty. Totally. I could awesome. not tell yeah. that it was Mark Twain. No. That's crazy. No, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. and then obviously his best known before that. Uh, I mean, 
I think it was after that, actually. After Voyager, he would play Deep Throat in mm. The X-Files. Amazing. Yeah, that's what I know him from. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, I like what you were saying about the afterlife and what these characters are starting to believe when Harry appears, because he does start to shape their culture a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like if this were to happen to us on Earth, I feel like it would be much more hush hush, like lock it away in Harry fi- in Harry fifty one, lol, in Area fifty one, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, never to be spoken of. You know, like it would never reach the public. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting that like some rumors are starting to like trickle into their like society a little bit, and yeah. just how destructive it can be. It's probably because they had no cigarette smoking man to stop them from like doing, you know, from the news yeah, thing. exactly, so. yeah. <laughs> What happens in the afterlife? You turn into deep throat and (laughs) enter the deep state. I totally agree with you on that. It would be completely hush-hush, and it would be an urban legend or something like that. Like the Mm -hmm. the Roswell landing in 1947. Mm -hmm. I do think that my ideal afterlife, though, is waking up on Voyager. Like, I I know (laughs) that woman is freaking out, which I would be, I would also be freaking out, because you don't know what, like, a spaceship Mm -hmm. is. You were expecting to see your brother and your family, and you get to tell Mm -hmm. them all these things, and really, you're alive, and Janeway's like, it's okay, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I would act just like, she acted just like Lily Sloan in First Contact, pretty much. Oh my gosh, totally, yes. And I totally would act that same way. I mean, I'd be freaking out going like, but I would say, hey, you're my heroes! If you had the knowledge of Star Trek and you woke yeah. up on Voyager, you go like, "Oh my gosh, you're my <laughs> hero!" The historical yeah. documents, yeah, are they're all true? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I I do kind of think that they could have formed Voyager as being like a god. You know, I wouldn't yeah. be I wouldn't be surprised if mm-hmm. if more people had known about the situation if they had started to worship them as deities. You know, <laughs> we've seen this before. So yeah, it's that's possible. very yeah, common. Yes. Yeah, very common. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rihanna, I was wondering for you what you thought about how they handled, like, all of the bodies coming onto the ship. Oh, my. And, like, <laughs> yeah. how Harry is able to figure all that out. This is, like, I think where the episode fails a little. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Voyager sections. It's always, to me, like, it's either the weird alien subplot that is weird at Voyager, but this time it was the good part. Like, it was the part I was really interested in when Harry Kim was down talking to all these different people, and I was just so confused, though. Like, they're just bodies dropping, like, on the, like, I just... (laughs) thought it was such a weird tone shift because like it's not like they were treating it in a funny way but it is kind of funny because (laughs) you're just like there's another body in engineering they don't even like have gloves they just pick up this exoskeleton like covered body and walk away with it i'm like all of this they are not prepared for clearly and it just kind of took me out of the episode a little bit but it does like acutely remind everyone of of death and i think it, it then gets on everybody's mind especially with this woman who was like clinically dead and then brought back to life literally on the ship with them so it's an interesting thing but the tone is way off for me (laughs) yeah i hear that i i do like how they don't give up on harry and even though his pattern's been gone like they can't find it in the buffer it's not like they're instantly declaring him dead and Janeway's like, all right, who's going to be on the bridge? You know, like yeah. she's not replacing him right away. I think that's like something I really like about Voyager is that 
which we're going to talk about in a, in a little bit, is that they are like very on top of it whenever there's a problem. Yeah. I think they're one of the fastest problem solver crews yes. that ex- like yes. so each far. series they get a little bit faster and a little bit smarter. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. they like listen to each other and believe each other, and so yeah. they're like Harry's not dead. We don't think, mm-hmm. and they wait as long as possible until they leave. And so thank God, yeah. right at the end, Janeway's like, "Okay, I'm so sad, but let's go." Yeah. Harry's not coming, and then his body hits the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the body swapping turns out good. Like, I thought it was a, a pretty delicate solution, like, that Harry thought of, is to switch places with this guy who didn't really want to die and didn't really have a, like, he was injured in an accident, but he mostly was going to die because his family thought he was a burden and didn't want to take care of him anymore essentially and so it really shows you how like deeply questionable this system is you know and even even harry is like trying not to make a face but he's like sorry i'm just a little shocked so i'm i'm glad that he does give this guy another chance at life but we don't really get any conclusion to like if he runs away or (laughs) what happens to this poor man yeah what happened to this poor man yeah uh, can we say something about the material that these bodies are covered in? Yeah. <laughs> because it reminds me of ultra-thin toilet paper, not gonna yeah, lie. That's yes. what it looks like. So, yeah. I, I think it was, like, really, really weird material. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, I would love to know what they actually used on set Yeah. for, for these bodies, but it looks like ultra thin toilet paper. It, it really does. does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they were on operating on a budget, so you do what you got to yeah. do. Yeah. Exactly. But it just looked like ultra thin toilet paper or stretched out yeah. or the toilet paper was stretched out so thin you could yeah. see yourself through it. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> it was so bizarre. I, but... I kept expecting because I didn't remember this episode at all that each time a body appeared it was going to be Harry or even that mm-hmm. the first one was Harry but mummified so I was waiting the yeah. whole time and finally yeah he's like there let's was... just jump back in the coffin. Yeah <laughs> but he does yeah. actually die for like a, a minute or so because that's what yep. the coffin thing it's does. It's two it, like, death fake you. outs. Yeah. yeah. Two for yeah. one in this one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well should we move on to Deadlock? Yes. Okay, this, this one is so much. fantastic. I think, like, yeah. definitely an underrated Voyager episode. One yes. of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I think about this one all the time. Same. Um, and I just want to start off by saying this is a theme that I noticed for a lot of these Death Fakeout series, including what we talked about in DS9 and TNG and TOS, is that there are a lot of body doubles um so i actually i thought of this and i was really proud of this rhyme so i'm gonna say it um Mm -hmm. doubles appear when a death fake out is near (laughs) (laughs) and so when i truest thing i've ever heard when i see that voyager has been split in two i'm like oh god everyone buckle up (laughs) someone's dead (laughs) yeah (laughs) someone's not coming back from this or they are coming back from this yeah (laughs) Wow, yeah, that's so true. The devils really do set in motion. We know someone's getting replaced here. Yeah. yeah. So the the plot for this one, just very briefly, is that Voyager's just, like, going along, cruising, and then uh, they are they encounter... Oh, I can't... Something happened. I think the Vidians came and, like, hit the ship. It is because they detect a Vidian something, like, a few light years away. They mm-hmm. go into a plasma drift to evade them. Oh, it's and always then, the plasma. That's right. That's right. And 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 when they exit, 
that's when it happens. Mm. That's when they duplicate, and one of them gets damaged so heavily because the other one is damaging them, but they don't realize it. Yeah. So the ship is like really, really effed. Like it's not yeah, a good position. It's not doing yeah. well. And suddenly Kess just like vanishes, and Harry mm-hmm. dies, by the way. And then Kess is like running down the hallway, and she vanishes. And what the crew doesn't figure out till later is that there has actually been a duplication effect. And so there's a second Voyager that's just a little bit out of phase mm-hmm. with the Voyager that we started watching. And basically, they have to figure out, initially they're thinking, once they figure out that there's two Voyagers, let's try to smash us together, and maybe <laughs> we'll, it, we'll, it'll fix itself, you know, but yeah. that's not working, not working. And so one of my favorite parts is when the two Janeways get to come together and they have a yes, conversation. Epic. And uh, and basically the Janeway on the ship, the first ship that we saw from the beginning, she says, I'm going to sacrifice my ship because you guys are in better shape and one of us has to get home. We can't mm-hmm. both exist. And so then things turn for the worst and a Vizdian ship comes for the Voyager ship that wasn't attacked and they are boarding Voyager and it's a nightmare. Like the Vidians are going to take their organs and run and mm-hmm. it's like no one ever comes out of this alive really with, yeah. with the Vidians. And so now reverse other Janeway says, I'm going to destroy the ship and take out the Vidian ship because luckily this Vidian ship doesn't see the other Voyager out of phase. And so she says as a little, like as a treat, oh, by the way, Ensign uh, Naomi Wildman is born in this episode in the very Mm -hmm. beginning. And so Janeway's like, as a treat, you can take Harry and the baby and then your crew will be complete. So that's what happens. And the entire crew dies of what would it be voyager b dies (laughs) (laughs) except for harry and naomi wildman both of whom are from a parallel ship about this episode first of all it's a brandon braga script first of all because Mm -hmm. i know this because he has tech in the tech every single phrase out of i think mainly out of janeway kim and tuvok Mm -hmm. it's teching the tech Pretty much. Yes. Absolutely. It's like laden with techno babble. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't mind techno babble, but this episode has it to the extreme. Yeah, packed to the brim. Absolutely. Yes. Like you said, Ashlyn, very underrated. Mm -hmm. So, and I really did enjoy this one. Man, I bet you it was a, I'm just going to say this from a production standpoint, I bet Mm -hmm. you it was very, very hard for this cast um, because they had to do like acting in like a damaged set and then one that was completely clean. So Yeah, Yeah, like back and forth so much. Back and forth, yeah. With all the cuts back and forth between the two Voyagers, I just can't imagine how it all got done. um, Yeah. Or they're like, because they did like, at that point, it was 26 episodes a season. Now, if you mm-hmm. did it nowadays, it would be done a lot slower. It totally. would be, yeah. it would totally be a lot better. But you know, back then it was 26 episodes a season. I am amazed how they got it all done because they usually shoot like seven or eight days for an episode back mm-hmm. then. So yeah. it was just for me. I'm just Incredible. like for this episode. I'm just gonna say. Bravo on the production values there, Truly. and that, that I, I think this one blew their budget. I swear, I think it probably <laughs> I'm did. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh, Worth I'm it sure though. It it's so Worth epic. It. Yeah, 
Like, yeah. I always feel so at ease when I see two Janeways. I th- I'm thinking Endgame. Also, there's always a baby when there's two Janeways. Like, what, is, what are these weird parallels? A baby's always being bored. Um, and I yeah. thought that also this episode is so clever because we start with one crew. And so I feel like we're immediately protective of the crew that we start with, you know? And so even though, mm-hmm. of course, I want Naomi and Harry Kim to be alive, like... I'm also sort of like, oh, but this shiny new crew, like, it's not ours, you know, quote unquote. And so I think that it's really clever that the way they do it, you know, that then Kim is from this other Voyager and he's just sort of like, this is really bizarre. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with this, you know, and I just think it, it does so well at telling the audience, you know, that this is like, or making us feel a certain way as much as Kim is feeling, you know, it's, it's so well done. Yeah, and I like the last line ever spoken in the episode. It's by Janeway herself. She mm-hmm. says, Mr. Kim, we're Starfleet officers. Weird is part of the job. Yes, I, I love, I that, love that line. I love it. It's one of my favorite lines ever spoken by, by Captain Janeway, ever. Yes. Because, <laughs> because, you know, they talk about, they say weird a lot in Voyager. Mm-hmm. I wish they yeah. had used this a lot more, you know, because... That's one thing that we like about Star Trek as fans. We like, mm-hmm. we like the weird. We like the bizarre. We like the uh, the things that go on with, with, with the crews of the ships and stuff like that. Totally, yeah. So, so when I think about Kim saying about all the things, like, oh, this is so weird. This, I'm not, this mm-hmm. is not, you're not really my captain and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I immediately thought of O'Brien in that episode of DS9. Exactly. Yes. That's what I was just about to say. Uh-huh. Same, yeah. same thing. Totally. Yeah. 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 We did talk about that last week in our death fakeouts because you got to. Um, Like that O'Brien is not from, he's like a couple hours in the future. Yeah, Yeah, he's not quite from that timeline. And same thing with Harry and Naomi Wildman for the rest of the show are Mm -hmm. not the same Harry and Naomi that we started (laughs) off the journey with. (laughs) Yes. Wild. Yeah. It's crazy. It's insane. It's so well done. It's such a cool episode to put in this series especially because the death fake out like is really sad like the fact that naomi doesn't make it too long after birth and harry kim is lost like sucked into space it's just like these really brutal deaths in the beginning of the episode and so to have them back and see them safe and sound even on the like voyager that needs heavy repairs like it's still so nice and such a huge comfort for everyone to be like thank god you made it back like that was rough Well, and I think from the perspective, like, watching it for the first time, I was really upset about Naomi, about the baby Mm -hmm. dying, because we had, like, in the first couple minutes of the episode, we see the whole crew is, like, with holding with bated breath, like, when's she gonna be born? Like, this is the first Mm -hmm. baby born on Voyager. Um, It's such a family, and they're all, like, really rooting for her. And it's so sad to see that happen. But because there's a second Voyager, the entire time you're like, what's like, literally, I don't know what's going to happen. And so at the very end, like when the doctor takes Naomi and like hides from the Vidians, Mm -hmm. I just, I love that so much. You know, he's like the whole crew saying we will do anything to protect this baby and Harry. So Mm -hmm. go and we're going to have our vengeance on the Vidians. I just, it's so so good. I love it. So cool. Yeah. That is very dark. I mean, like you said, but Mm -hmm. yeah, about Naomi and Kim, like Naomi dies. That's grim. But then Harry dies because of the most stubborn way possible. I'm just going to say that, first of all. I I just want to say that because he was 
stubborn enough to try and seal that hull breach, mm-hmm. and he ends up dying as a result. He was yep. so yep. stubborn. True. Mm-hmm. And, and and I just wanted to say that. I, just, I mean, granted, I mean it was sad when he died, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> but you were Harry, come on, but <laughs> you were stubborn enough to do that. I yeah. was actually saying that to myself yesterday when I was watching this. I'm going like, you were stupid enough to like be that stubborn, and you end up getting sucked out into space as you. That's that's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like when Harry dies, when I watched this for the first time, I was like, okay, I think he's going to be fine. Like something's yeah. going to have to happen here because we're not going to lose him in the first like 10 minutes of the episode. You know, like, yeah, he keeps coming yeah. back. <laughs> totally. 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 Yes. I, I knew he was going to come back. I, yeah. Like I watched this episode at least maybe like once or twice a year. I'm I mean, same. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's a, just a great episode, and I mm-hmm. bravo to the people who made it. Bravo to Brandon Braga for writing it, and it's truly. like, yeah, truly, that's testament to all the cast and the production staff, everything. So Absolutely. good. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's time to talk about Coda now. Yes. Oh, yes. Juicy, juicy. We get four death fake outs. Well, not, and that's just Janeway. That's just what we know. <laughs> yeah, there's more with Chakotay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say right away that I am very hardcore um, Janeway and Chakotay. I, I ship them so much and it breaks my heart the episode where they say that they're just friends and they shake hands i'm always like oh god no like i I pretend it doesn't exist Uh um so i just am coming from that perspective right Mm -hmm. away where i am deeply in love with them and i want them (laughs) to be together which valid very valid yeah like (laughs) this this is perfect episode for me because the like hurt comfort stuff is just yeah it's, well it's, and it's it really amazing. cements their connection to each other this episode does absolutely rihanna you want to talk about this plot i feel like oh, you want I, me to I do wanna, it yeah i want you okay. to do it i feel like i can't get the specifics as well I, okay i also deeply struggle with techno babble like ashlyn's are like more engineer type person because stuff on the ship I'm like sure that sounds good I'll believe whatever you tell me well and this is like an entity based episode so we start off in the beginning Chakotay and Janeway are just being cute in the shuttle together they're talking Mm -hmm. about talent night and how Chakotay just didn't enjoy or he thought Harry's solo was okay Harry's clarinet (laughs) solo but apparently Janeway did this dance which I feel like we should have started the episode with the dance I'm just gonna say I mean it it's like you said in the other episode, like, why tell us about something you could have just showed us? Like, yeah. I really wanted to see this talent night, and I personally would love Tuvok's Vulcan poetry, so I wanted to see that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, something I'll just start off saying now is Janeway jokes with Chakotay, like, you should be in the talent night next time. And Chakotay's like, I don't have any talent, what would I do? And um, she was like, maybe I could stand with an apple on my head and you can phaser it off. And then Chakotay says, yeah, and if I miss, then I get to become captain. And they were really cracking up about that. But I'm like, hey, careful what you wish for, bud. (laughs) True. (laughs) Not minutes later. Yeah, minutes later. I thought that was so funny. So it just really gets us in the mood for some death, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so. It's always when they're having the most fun, I I just want to say. Like, it's always when they're laughing and joking that you know something's about to go wrong in Star Trek. Always. 
Yeah. Um, so the first time that she dies and Chakotay dies, they crash on the planet. They're in this shuttle. They can't, they're out of contact range with Voyager. And I think they do see the Vidian ship the first time. I get them a little mixed yeah. up. No, I don't. Okay. It's, no, no. Not, not the, the first time. time. No. First time um, Chakotay detects weapons fire on their shuttle. That's and right. And identifies oh, no. it as a Vidian. Yeah. That's the first time. Yeah, that's the first time. So then they, they crash land on the planet, and Janeway is killed, so Chakotay thinks, on impact. And he's able to revive her a little bit with some CPR, and he's, like, freaking out. Once finally she comes back, he's like, don't you dare do that to me again, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they're able to go into a cave. Well, they're detecting that there are Vidians now on the planet, and so uh, they're like, let's try to go into the cave and there's just Vidians all around. Whatever they do, it's doomed to fail. And so they first, they're going to stand and fight. And of course the Vidians, they kill Chakotay. And then I love that because Janeway doesn't even like try to phase with them. She just turns around. She's like, Chakotay. And then she <laughs> she dies too. Like she doesn't even <laughs> put up Choke a fight. Death. Yeah, exactly. Choked Ooh. by the Vidians. Very like yeah. visceral death. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it's like a loop and she goes back into the shuttle um, with Chakotay and they realize instantly that this is some kind of time loop or that something weird is going on. And I love this because yes. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. Janeway like watched Cause and Effect from TNG and she was yes. like, we are not going to do that. <laughs> We're going to be smart, Chicote. <laughs> She's like, I hate temporal mechanics, so I need to learn all about it to avoid them. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I won't go too deeply into it, but basically like over and over again, Janeway keeps dying. And I think Chakotay also dies the second time because there's an explosion yeah. in the shuttle when they try to evade. And then the third time, they make it all the way back onto Voyager. And then the doctor tells her that she's contracted the phage from the Vidians. And it's, ex- like, growing really excessively. And she's put into a, a force field. And then he basically kills her, like, before yeah. her time. Mm-hmm. Very, and no one remembers the time loop. And then yeah. the fourth time, I think it starts in the shuttle, and then it just flashes to her dead on the planet. And she has yeah. having an out-of-body experience watching mm-hmm. this happen. Chakotay's freaking out. He's, like, crying. Oh, it's um, so heartbreaking. It's so yeah. heartbreaking. And yeah. they are able to get a shuttle with Tuvok and the Doctor, um, mm-hmm. and they take her back up to Voyager. She's dead. And so then mm-hmm. she's going about the ship, joined by her ghost father. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> Casual. <laughs> um, and so he basically convinces her, like, this is the afterlife. You have to come with me. We have to move on. It's only going to be harder for you if you stay here and watch it happen. Mm-hmm. She watches mm-hmm. her memorial service, um, and then he's really being pushy about trying to get her to move on and she starts having flashes of her real experience, which is the Doctor, Tuvok, and Chakotay are all actually trying to revive her on the planet. So she mm-hmm. realizes that everything has been uh, in her mind, and that this alien has lashed onto her like brainstem and has yeah. been trying to always the aliens. Yeah, has been trying to get her. Um, <laughs> I just I love the end of the episode because she says, "Go back to hell, coward." Yeah, yeah. Like stick is, it to him. Yeah. Which is so good. So, yeah, this one, it just has so many death fake outs. It's amazing. So yes. many. Yeah. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, I think, um, her. I mean, this was written by Jerry Taylor, by the way. This mm-hmm. was actually one of her mm-hmm. last scripts that she ever wrote for mm-hmm. Star Trek. Wow. Because in between season four and five, she retired from show business. Mm-hmm. So... So this was like one of the very last scripts that she wrote for Star Trek. Actually, it was Less. 
this 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 one yes. from Jerry Taylor. Um, I think this, if I'm not mistaken, this episode was shot and made after her first book that she wrote for Voyager, which was called Mosaic, which talked mm. about um, Janeway's a little bit about Janeway's backstory um, regarding um, about her dad being mm. um, mm-hmm. in an accident on Talisetti Prime. I think that was entered into the um, script somehow. Like Amazingly. Some of her, yeah, yeah. So That's I think so that was cool. yeah. Yeah, because that was Mosaic. It was Mosaic that she wrote. Then that episode was made. I think she incorporated some of the elements of her book into mm-hmm. this this episode of Voyager. And, you know, I thought it was five, first of all. I counted five. But then I thought, yeah. okay, you're right. You know, when she <laughs> when they went to that big flash of white and then all of a sudden the out-of-body experience. Yeah, then it's four. <laughs> yeah, true. But... <laughs> Yeah. That's still quite a lot of death here. Yeah. Yeah, still kind of like that. Go back to hell, coward. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Well, I, I love it. Good for Jerry Taylor. You know, it's like you start mm-hmm. off writing essentially fan fiction and then you're like, you know what? Like, this is going in the canon because <laughs> I'm in. the writer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, what I'm, I, that's what I'm thinking that she did is um, she probably incorporated some of that elements of that book into this episode of Voyager. It was never mentioned prior to this episode that Janeway had a sister. Yep. And mm-hmm. and this one did. So, and, so you cool. know, it's something completely out of left field, first of all. But if you had not read Mosaic, you would not know that. I mean, Grant, I have not read it, but I yeah. took, I did a little research on it, you know, kind of thing. But I'm guessing that those elements from that book got incorporated into this episode. So we had a mother that we never see. I, I like this episode. This was another episode I watched on like a white night in reruns. Mm-hmm. But because you know when I was a when I was a kid, like I mentioned before, TNG was my show. But Voyager was going was growing on when I was growing up. Was on mm-hmm. in an Enterprise when I was a teenager. But when I was a kid, it was Voyager that was the currently airing show along with DS9. I never watched the episode in first run. Uh, but. At first, I really didn't like this one, but then I was thinking, like, after watching it a few times, I'm going like, okay, I kind of like this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and it's and it, it's, but the one thing I, I thought it was really kind of I don't know, why would you euthanize? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just had that question when I watched it yesterday, um, and I was going like, why'd you euthanize? Uh, that's, and I agree with what Janeway said. This isn't right. No. Yeah. That was a disturbing scene for sure. I was like, either this is some weird vision. This isn't the real doctor. You know, like my brain spinning, trying to figure out the like cause of, of his reaction. So it was really interesting because all of these death fake outs are leading to like different sides of these characters, you know, and has me guessing the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, and what I love about this episode, too, is we have the classic Trek funeral where the yeah. dead person as a ghost gets to watch their own <laughs> memorial yeah. service. Yeah. Um, we last saw this, I think, on, was it Next Phase in TNG? Phase, yeah, where yeah. Jordy and Roe yeah. are watching their own funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. This one was much more somber. There was no Riker playing the trombone this nope. time. Um, and I actually really liked Torres and uh, Kim's speeches about like what they said about their memories yeah. about Janeway. 
uh, Taurus felt really heartfelt and yeah, and really sincere. very sincere. And I was moved by it. And I actually thought Harry's to his story about at first I was like, oh no, like what's this weird story Harry's gonna tell? Because yeah. they're both eating berries and their mouths are like purple. Yeah. And well, first just Harry, and then Janeway comes up to him. She her also her mouth is like covered. Um, and she's like, these are the times we have to remember. And then Kate Mulgrew's acting is just, like, so fantastic. Oh she just has gosh. these, like, tears run down her cheeks, you know? That and, scene always <laughs> sells it for me. Yeah, like, you really yeah. see, like, how she's experiencing this moment. Literally out of body, you know, in every mm-hmm. sense of the word. But I think it's it's a really well-done funeral because it's like a Christmas yeah. carol. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's the kind of thing they're going for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... Yeah, I I think it's really nice and one of my favorite uh, fake funerals that we get in in Star Trek. Yes. 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 Because it, it it compared it to the next phase, the next phase is is more like like a celebration. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's more of like a like a festive party. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas Janeway's is very sad and depressing somber yeah absolutely more like honoring her and i thought it was interesting that chakotay chose not to speak i think that he just like couldn't you know like i think he he has to be captain he has to like stay composed but he still kept it running and it's just so interesting to see their reactions because i think the voyager crew is good at like you know letting out their emotions but their still top priority is to get home and to get the job done and try to keep as many people alive as possible so it was interesting to see, like, Voyager's crew think about Janeway dying. That's just, ooh, that was tough. Yeah, I think yeah. especially because they're stranded, it yeah. seems impossible to think how will they continue without her. And she's mm-hmm. just such a, like, wonderful presence. You know, she's always taking time out to talk with people one-on-one and has a really great relationship with everyone. Yeah. I think Chakotay was really feeling the weight of that on him because, like I noticed, when she died on the uh, in parentheses on the yeah. table for the the last time, um, <laughs> he just left immediately after she was declared dead, yeah. and we don't see him crying or anything. He's just out of there, and I think because mm-hmm. he can't handle the situation, you know, he's like, I have to go on my own and deal with this, and I'm captain now. I am the captain now. You yeah, know? so exactly. yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> It is a lot. Oh my god. Yeah, I noticed that too. I noticed he did. Yeah, he just walks right out. Nothing is said, and then he just. Yeah, yeah. I definitely felt cheated because I wanted like a heartfelt Chicote crying at her funeral, but Uh I think also because it's a illusion, it's not real. Mm -hmm. Like I think he would actually say something if it had actually happened. I think so too. That's what I hope, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I hope. Yeah. And at least Tuvok got to sort of convey his feelings as well of like, oh, there will never be anyone who could replace her and that kind of sentiment. But I was also just Mm -hmm. like, oh, poor Tuvok. That's that's hard. He's like, they're literally BFFs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he said it in the most Vulcan way possible. Totally. As usual. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, as usual. (laughs) The most most logical Vulcan way possible. Mm -hmm. The way he said his personal log about, you know, couldn't find Janeway via Kess. He says, like, uh, I've lost a friend, and I. And he says it in the most Vulcan way possible. So. Yeah, so good. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think something that this time when I watched it, I really took away 
is the very end of the episode. Once Janeway is actually recovered, they're on the planet with the shuttle and the doctor is able to actually save her. I love that Chakotay only has eyes for her and he helps her back onto the shuttle. They get him back, everything's fine. And then they have a nice moment in the uh, in her ready room where they're talking about everything, you know, basic recap. And then she's like, you know what? She, I think she was about to like get back to work or something. And she's like, I just survived. We should be celebrating. And so yes. she's like, let's get some champagne and go on a boat on the river. And he's like, yeah, yes. let's do it. And they go to the holodeck together. And so I love like so many of these death fake outs remind me that I have to live, you know, and like yeah. we have yeah. to just like have to have some champagne and go sit on a boat sometimes, you know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, she goes and they have a discussion. I mean, Chakotay was like, I wonder about him. And she's really hopeful that he's unique to the Delta Quadrant and hopefully seen the last of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. That that creature isn't actually the afterlife because that would be wild a little uh <laughs> a little sad i would feel like those aliens back in uh yeah, like, oh, emanations no, you know like oh god <laughs> yes yeah, totally yeah I, i'm hoping that he's unique to there because it would be a really sucky afterlife not gonna lie it would <laughs> just walk into the fire no with some random alien like yeah. peace out earth yeah <laughs> peace <Not> out yeah <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, this has been such a fun discussion, and I'm so yeah. glad that we got to have you on and talk about these death fakeouts. It's it's mm-hmm. such a, a great angle into the episodes, and so thank you so much, Wes, for your input. I love yeah. hearing what you have to say. Yeah, totally. I, I enjoyed the, doing this, yeah. We just really sincerely appreciate you and uh, the work that you're doing at Twin Cities Trekkies and can you just tell our listeners a little bit about like where you can find your podcast and social media and all of that yeah of course first of all we're available on every platform you can think of so so like Apple and Google podcasts or you can um, go to anchor.fm slash Twin Cities Trekkies that's all one word you can find the podcast there you can leave us voice messages from there there's a little message button um, when you go to that site, um, just make sure you turn on your microphone if you don't leave a voice message. I always <laughs> say that because I know that some people did. Um, if you don't turn on your microphone, um, you're not going to be able to hear them at all. So yeah. and make a science fiction science fiction 3000 or a light signal like in Discovery. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and stuff like that. But you can find it on Facebook uh, and Instagram. Uh, Twin Cities Trekkies. Uh, it's TC Trekkies Pod for both uh, Facebook and Instagram. The handle is at TC Trekkies Pod. It's more active on Instagram than it is on Facebook because of I'm the one who does the posts on uh, Instagram. So um, you can also email us as well if you have any feedback for the episodes that I know because I've done a couple of emails. I've read a couple of emails on the show because um, there's a person here in the Twin Cities who's done a few of those emails i've read them on the air so uh feedback is definitely encouraged you can comment on facebook instagram uh message me amazing yeah well everybody go check out twin city trekkies and thank you so much for being on our show wes we really appreciate it of course yeah thank you very much guys thanks and we're back (laughs) (laughs) i'm terry gross with fresh air Ooh. Well, that was so wonderful having Wes in the studio with us talking about those just incredible 
and chaotic death fake out episodes of Voyager. And we're just going to continue on this trend of incredible and chaotic. Oh, yeah, seriously. (laughs) That's what I kind of love about the series is that these episodes have kind of been bouncing between really serious, like make you cry episodes to like really goofy and really weird. (laughs) And I kind of love that. I didn't know it going in that that would be the vibe, but it perfectly fits me. Like this is who I am. This is what I want. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. So the episodes that we're going to talk about for the rest of the series, and I do want to add that we might have missed some because Voyager has some like really weird anomalies, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in the Space Delta Quadrant, stuff. and yeah. sometimes people just die for like a couple seconds. So yeah. we have picked some of them, and we've left some out. So um, please feel free to comment on any episodes you wish we would have talked about. Please do that for any series, because we love hearing from you. Um, and we know what to hit on the second round of a different series, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Wes was mentioning that um, before and after Janeway was declared dead for like a minute or so on the bridge so <laughs> this is a wacky show where yeah these death fake outs can sometimes sneak by us <laughs> yeah so here's what we're gonna go with for the rest of this episode we're gonna start and briefly briefly talk about Janeway in time and again and then we are gonna go to Neelix uh good luck guys mm-hmm. in Mortal Coil <laughs> Oh, God. I can't even get through, like, saying the title. Oh, that's going to be a really fun part. No. Okay, so, yeah, Neelix and Mortal Coil. And then we have Lindsay Ballard. Oh, geez, another awkward one. In Ashes to Ashes. (laughs) And then we're sticking with the Harry Kim theme, going to the whole crew has a death fake out in Timeless, a Timeless episode. And then we are going to move on to Endgame, which is Seven and Chakotay have the death fake out, and also Janeway, sort of. Um, Sort of, yeah. And we will be ending, that's right, we will be wrapping up this show with Distant Origin, which I I don't even want to reveal what the death fake out is yet. Um, Yes, me neither. (laughs) Because I I think let's get to it when the episode starts. And if you've seen that one recently, you know where we're going with this. So it'll be a little surprise for the end. Okay, so we just were talking with Wes about Coda, which is one of Janeway's many death fakeouts packed into one episode, and now we will be discussing time and again. It is a very, very early season one episode that we did discuss in time travel. Yeah, and actually, when this one started, I couldn't quite remember what the plot was, yeah. but then it came to me, it was like, they're going to wear the cool shirts. And I yep, love Paris and Janeway's outfits in this episode. I feel like it's become another niche cosplay that people can do for Voyager. Please, someone do that, yeah. This is actually not a bad episode. We were just talking about with Wes that season one for Voyager is definitely a little bit better, and I agree with him mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting one, though, and it does involve time travel. Um, yeah. Basically, you're going to have to remind me of some points, I think, because yeah. it's a little convoluted. Yeah, so they're, like, on this planet, and it, like, both doesn't exist and it exists because it's in two different time periods, and Voyager is, like, in the future, and then Janeway and Paris beam down, and they're in the past. Um, Right before this, like, huge explosion goes off, um, Mm -hmm. it was, like, a terrorist thing, right? I don't know. Uh, Well, there was these, like, warring um, kind of, like, government against the people type thing where... um, there was a like feel a power plant explosion because there was protesters demonstrating and 
um, that's what set off the cascade failure that created this gigantic explosion, or so they think. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Until they go into the cave. <laughs> Turns out Janeway, uh, in an attempt to save her in Paris, the device that was trying to bring them back ended up causing the explosion. So, <laughs> mm, classic. <rough>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the way that they die is that it goes back and forth between the Voyager's perspective and then Janeway and Paris's perspective. Um, Voyager's like right on track with what they're trying to do, but um, Janeway, at the last minute, she's hoping Voyager will like beam this energy into this void. Um, yeah. <laughs> something like that, and Classic. she ends up realizing, oh, I need to also blast, because I need to stop them, because this is what starts the bomb going off. And so mm-hmm. she basically kills them all, but mm-hmm. it resets, so uh, everything's normal, and they don't even remember beaming down. <laughs> um, Crazy. <laughs> which is just like Year of Hell, and I just get really worried yeah. about Janeway. Like, how many missions does she not remember, you know? Literally, I mean, we're stacking it up here, especially with these time travel ones. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's (laughs) really wild. And that's why it's really hard to pick these death fakeouts, because a lot of them are time travel based, and that's why we didn't include Year of Hell, because, like, it didn't really fake us out. It just never happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) Yeah. Big question mark. Yeah. So, anyway, that was a quick one. No one grieved or mourned, because no one remembers. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Star Trek for you, isn't it? (laughs) Oh God. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's be a little chaotic and let's talk about Neelix's episode, um, Mortal Coil. Oh gosh. So this one's crazy. Um, Neelix dies in the first four minutes, which is a ding, ding, ding. Bell should be going off at this point, folks. If you're this far in the Death Fake Out series. If they die before the intro, they are definitely returning. Mm -hmm. I think he returns like five minutes after the intro. Yeah, I actually wrote down, um, (laughs) he was dead at four minutes and he was alive at 13. (laughs) (laughs) So pretty fast for us, but for him it was, what, 18 hours? 18 hours, hours. yeah. It's a long time to be dead. He was having, um, he was like helping Chakotay in the shuttle be, like grab some proto uh proto matter yeah i'm like is this like a um is this a prequel to prodigy whoa i don't know i just thought about the proto star and proto matter and chakotay i mean and i just got suspicious proto is not at all a common science word rihanna so hey, i think you have shush. a point wow. <laughs> thanks <laughs> really appreciate your (laughs) yeah i'm here i'm here for you um but that's what he's doing he's grabbing the proto matter in this weird jar he found in seven's room it was an awkward scene (laughs) i didn't like it i just don't like it i don't like it and uh then he dies there's like a lightning bolt that hits the shuttle and neelix dies and it's really sad because harry like runs to him and is like you know we could save him like chakotay come here and help me and we can actually save him and then yeah. Chakotay's like, bro, we're in this, like, lightning storm. We can't, we have to get out. You know, it's a, it's a matter, he's being serious. Like, it's a matter of, uh, like, us surviving. But I'm just yeah. laughing because he's like, Neelix has to die, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Just like, not a thought spared. If it were Janeway, you know, he'd be back there with him. <laughs> no one would be piloting the show. Yeah, yeah, they would all die because of his yeah. love. Yeah, he's not doing that for Neelix. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, and so this is just bizarre because then we find out that Seven of Nine can bring people back to life this after 18 hours. This is the first time, hours. sorry, Rhianna, this is the first time that we hear about these spooky nanoprobes she's got. Yeah, so... We yeah we know Borg nanoprobes like we know kind of we've heard some other capabilities but I don't think we've ever heard of them having life giving <laughs> capabilities and never I don't think do we hear it again this is like a little Deus Ex Machina they brought in for this quick drop in it's like Spock's many Vulcan hidden traits that they just add for an episode. But it works, and Neelix is alive, but very scarred because he's now learned. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this episode, like, oh, it's God. so rough for Neelix, but, like, I just don't really like Neelix, so I don't have, like, the stakes that I care as much. Is that bad to say? No, well, honestly, like, so, first of all, um, yes, I never thought about it that way. Like, Spock and his many talents is exactly like yeah. the nanoprobes. The nanoprobes are kind of a fandom joke because they do whatever the plot wants them to do. Yeah, um, totally. But it's good. Like, sometimes you need a magic Borg to be with you on adventures, you know? And that's what Voyager yeah. taught us. Um, Bring Neelix back to life yeah. after 18 hours. 18 hours. Yeah, so he's... Where was she for those 18 hours? I'm just like, <laughs> were you regenerating? Did no one wake you up? Like, anyway. I was thinking that, too. I think that it took them a while to get back on the shuttle. That's what yeah, I was so. hoping, but it would be really funny is if they got back, like, an hour later. And then, and then they're just hanging around. The news is not important enough to spit around the crew. Oh. <laughs> Savage. Oh, wow. God. We see that Neelix does a lot for this crew, though. Like, this episode in the beginning is showing how busy Neelix is and how, like, much people need his assistance around the ship. And so it's really interesting that, like, starting this episode, we're seeing, like, how how much he does for the ship. And then he's dead for 18 <laughs> hours. And no, one's, <laughs> no one's grabbing seven. Um, yeah, anyway. Oh, my God. So... So then Neelix starts to go into full, what I call, um, like... Existential terror mode. Yeah, no, it's like literally the irrational silence of the universe is, like, set upon him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's not good. Like, we've been there. I think that, like, everyone remembers their first existential crisis where you, like, stare up into the void and you're like... What if there is no afterlife? What if my life has no meaning? Like, like what if we're all in a simulation? Yeah. yeah. I, I exactly. think about that a lot. I'm like, man, whoever's running me is laughing right now. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> well, I mean, also, there's a fantastic podcast called Philosophy Now that is, like, covers different philosophers and stuff. And there's one on Are We Living in a Simulation and what philosophers think of it. It's fantastic. Go listen to it. But anyway... This is also, like, it can be a really interesting philosophical episode, but I just think that emanciations, no. Emanations. Emanations. I think that emanations did it better. You know, like, this is the thing is that we already have a really good one about consulting, like, confronting the fact that there may not be an afterlife. But, of course, it left it more open-ended in uh, emanations than it does here because Neelix was dead for 18 hours and like, did not go to the great forest that he thought was his afterlife, and so I think that, like, obviously this is 
than them taking another like spin on how someone would handle that for their first time knowing that there's no afterlife and struggling with like just the nihilistic view of why like god is dead there's no reason for me to be alive and this hits him so hard and it's just really tough to watch because it's like no one can help him with this this is just like a fact that he has to deal with Mm -hmm. Man, Rihanna, why are you getting so deep on the Neelix part? <laughs> I had to. I'm a, I literally, like, the reason I became a philosophy minor was because of my existentialism class, so had to do it. <laughs> I mean, it's a life-changing class, it seemed like. It really was, yeah. Yeah. It taught me a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I just, I do feel bad for Neelix because, like, I understand we've all been there. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally agree. We've already had this episode And I'm actually surprised at how much religion and afterlife is coming up in Voyager when we haven't really had this discussion too much yet on the pod, you know? Mm -mm. Um, Somehow, for all these death fakeouts, no one has asked, like, what did you see? Um, Yeah, true. And I've seen many explanations in TV shows and movies of characters who, um, like, go, like, they die and come back, um where, like, it was actually their memory erased, like, they, they did go mm-hmm. somewhere, but, like, when you're back on the ground, you don't remember anything. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, like, I don't know. It's interesting to see how different TV shows explain things. Well, and even, um, like, the first, I think, episode of Torchwood does a really good job of doing, like, Jack Harkness and his, like, literally coming back to life every time because he can't die, you know? And so, and how, like, there is no afterlife in that in that universe and so it's really interesting to like see how they take it so if you're interested in seeing more go watch that pilot great yeah how do how do characters deal with when maybe the answer is like there's no answer you know there's no meaning to life or no afterlife yeah i i just feel like for neelix and i'm somewhat echoing what you said rihanna like Mm -hmm. i would rather see another character go through this for any character who goes through this kind of crisis i hope that there's an improvement or like something that changes about them because of that um because of that experience like something that really sticks with them but mm-hmm. I see none of that development. <laughs> you said, I wanted you to improve from your life-altering experience, and you didn't. I just think it makes it not satisfying, you know? Because what yeah. if this was the episode that changed my outlook on Neelix, and I was like, yes. okay, I like him now. He's not, like, a super annoying dude, you know? That would be phenomenal. I think that's such a good point. Like, it, the stakes just don't feel that high to me. And um, mostly, I just think, like the characterization was kind of phoned in for the rest of the cast like the writing wise i feel like only neelix's writing was good because chakotay talking him down didn't even really feel like authentic he's like you go to the child go say good night to naomi you know and he's like your vision quest could be seen in different ways (laughs) i was like okay chakotay sure but like his vision quest is telling him that like the world is an existential void and like that's hard to deal with. You should be more sympathetic than just like, ah, oh, don't take your vision quest too light or too seriously. So it was it was just not quite what I needed for a death fake out. Agreed. Yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking after they revived Neelix so early, I was like, so what's the point of this episode? Because Literally. so far, no B plot has been introduced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, is this all Neelix? And it turns out it mm. is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I do like the fact that. Um, Tuvok and Seven of Nine get to talk about the afterlife and like 
their fears or hopes about death or whatever and seven of nine is completely unfazed about death you know it the she just says that like as a borg drone even one severed from the collective i will always like be in their um memories so she was like so and, and tuvok was like so i guess you're the borg are immortal <laughs> and i was like wow that's crazy wow yeah that's insane it was a really interesting conversation yeah um, you know, this is also making me think about a death fake out that we forgot in Voyager, which mm-hmm. is um, Bellana's mom in Barge of the Dead. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, wait, does she? Oh wait, no, she's not a death no, fake out. No, she's a vision, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like we got faked out that she thought she was alive. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. that's sad. <laughs> um, it's real death. Um, yeah. But Bellana like joined her on the Barge of the Dead. Maybe she had the fake mm-hmm. out death. I don't know. If she was on the barge, then maybe she saw her in the afterlife. Well, yeah, so this is what I'm saying. Like, I love Klingon afterlife stuff um, because it's very, like, the way that Klingons live is for the joys of the afterlife. And from the episode Barge of the Dead, it's real. Like, Stokokor is real, everyone. So I hope you're acting honorably. (laughs) Because that's where we're going. (laughs) I'm so glad that they were able to get Judzia into Stokokor. Like, those episodes are so cool that explore... Yeah. different like death rituals and stuff it is so anyway yeah uh I, you know so actually in the episode ashes to ashes with Lindsay ballard this is a species that deals with death in a totally different way they literally mm-hmm. turn death into life <laughs> into a second yeah. chance um mm-hmm. and ensign Lindsay ballard we thought everyone thought died um, which I don't think we've actually seen her on screen before. She's just no, like a huh. nameless red shirt death. Then yeah. Harry happened to be with her on the shuttle. Mm-hmm. So she was killed by a neural disruptor in the shuttle. That mm-hmm. that sucks. Um, and so basically a species called the Kobali, the way that they procreate is by finding dead people and reanimating them. And then doing plastic surgery on them so they look like their own species, um, which is fascinating because this is a yeah. this is a species that's capable of bringing the dead back to life. You know, like this is technology that is unheard of besides the Borg nanoprobes. Completely. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and, Magic. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they're using a little bit of nanoprobes to do this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Oh, well, it's just interesting that the Kobali tell the Voyager or tell Cap captain janeway that like oh you abandoned her you know instead of saying that like you and you know they said oh no we that's like the way we honored her but they think that like leaving a body there is abandoning someone so it's just interesting the differences it is it is yeah because she was just like scooped like shot in the space like spock and janeway yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> both fake outs <laughs> yeah. yeah and shacks Yep. <laughs> anyway. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Harry has a really interesting relationship with her because they kind of had a thing uh, before she well, died. I, I mean, I, he was in a, had a huge Academy crush on her. Yeah. So he had the feelings, as he usually does. And uh, so he really took her death heavily because they were mm-hmm. together, especially. Um, and so when she's back on the ship, it's really... 
interesting how they interact. I feel mm-hmm. bad for Harry because the writers never gave him any good love lines. No. Uh, or love storylines at all. We talked about this in our Love and Affection series. Like, Poor guy. Yeah, it's just yeah, an awkward, just catch a break. awkward moment he goes through with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it's tough for her because she even though she thinks this is where she wants to be is on Voyager, when she's there, she realizes this is not what I remember. And like my taste buds are different. I don't enjoy the same Mm -hmm. food. I don't quite fit in. And I really love the conversation she has with Janeway um, Mm -hmm. about it in her quarters. She's able to be really candid with uh, I must have called her Catherine. <laughs> I just, I love you can. her. I think you have that privilege. I was literally yeah. thinking today that I need, to, like, like Kath, Catherine Gelman for a baby name would be, like, really amazing. Remarkable. Yeah, yes. like a sneaky Star Trek name. Anyway, I love the name Catherine. Um, beautiful. So she's able to have a candid conversation with Catherine and basically ask her, why did you send me out? You know, like, mm-hmm. you could have sent anyone like you check off, yeah. check off, um, <laughs> like Tuvok and Chakotay are more qualified than me. So why didn't you send them? Janeway doesn't even get a chance to answer. Cause then she's like yeah. freaking out. She's like, why did I ask that? Ah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay. Janeway's like, you don't need to be worried around me, you know? Mm-hmm. And what Lindsay's trying to explain is that in this new culture with the Kobali, they don't want you to have anger at the people who killed you. And I just Mm -hmm. think this is really interesting from Janeway's perspective because she's talking about someone, like a death that she regrets, you know, but she's able to talk to her about that scenario. And I feel like captains never get this chance, you know. No, Um, absolutely not. So I wish that Janeway had answered the question about why she went. I'm sure she was the top of the duty roster. That's what Kirk would have done, too. That's what everyone does. Totally. Yeah, I mean, I do love the that this really that Lindsay coming back really has an interesting effect on the crew. Like they, similar to when Data's head was discovered, you know, like when a crew member comes back to life, it just shakes up a whole ship and everyone handles it differently, every crew. But Voyager is so tight-knit because they're all each other has, you know, and so when a crew member comes back, I imagine, like, I wish we could have seen more of her friends, like if she had other Ensign friends or whatever, um, more than just Harry's side of it, because it would have been interesting to see their reactions to her coming back and making these decisions and everything. But um, I'm, like, glad she made the decision, but also it just sucks because she didn't want to and then kind of just it was pseudo-forced into it. Like, she ended up making the decision, but it kind of backed into a corner, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I feel bad for her because she didn't ask for any of this. And just because they brought her back to life, they feel like they own her now. Yeah, like you're my daughter. I'm like, yeah, so? Like, yeah. Interesting. It's a very interesting take. Very unique. We've never seen that yet in a fake out yet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No. Um, Okay. Well, I'm very excited because now we're going to talk about Timeless. And that is a death fake out for the whole crew, including... Chicote and Harry, but not for a while. Yeah, they get uh, a last-minute death fake out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wherein Voyager, Voyager's whole crew, we see is dead, frozen on the bridge, like a couple minutes into this episode, um, and we see that it's Chicote and Harry who are there on this frozen bridge, 
significantly aged, you know, not, not too crazy on the age makeup this episode, but still <laughs> we've got some, like, lines of gray and Harry's hair and everything. I and thought Chakotay looked been stressed. so good, though. Ch- oh I was gosh. like, oh my god, Chakotay. You Chakotay <laughs> That means nothing. To it's me. so funny because when I was younger, I never thought Robert Beltran was attractive uh-huh. in Voyager, and for whatever reason, I'm just that age now. Where I'm like, holy yeah. mama! <laughs> <laughs> love, love the gray hair, but um, yeah. yeah, like you were saying, Harry's looking really stressed out. Yeah, poor guy. Uh, I I love how this episode starts because you don't know really who it is under those really heavy coats. Yeah. Um, at first you think, oh, they're their normal ages, this has just mm-hmm. happened, but when you're seeing that, like, the crew is all frozen and dead, yeah. it's really a big surprise, and, um, especially, like, their vigilante friend who's helping them. Yeah, um, she's so cool. She's so cool. Tessa. Tessa. Good old Tessa. Yeah. <laughs> so, this, yeah, this is a great opening to learn that it's been... 15 years. <laughs> Thank you. Years. <laughs> it's like, I know what she I wants. I legit could not find it. Um, to learn that it's been 15 years. Um, and Harry says, we got home, Doc, and all it took was killing everyone we cared about. Oh. It's just like, whoa. This is like, dark. I mean, they did say, like, Harry told the doctor that he, psychiatrist told him he had survivor's guilt and all of this stuff, but he has it, like, times 10. Like, this is a pattern we're going to see with Voyager's crew. Like, I think that, like we were saying last time, they're so closely knit and they're such a family because they're all alone, stranded in the Delta Quadrant, that they are fiercely protective of each other. And that can be used a lot of times to their detriment. I mean, one time the entirety of Voyager's crew was stranded on that planet while they took Voyager, Seska took it, like... You know, this is just crazy constantly happening to them. And this crew is really closer than maybe other lower decks ranking would be closer to their captains and first officers and things. Like, this crew does everything together, including, like, going over boundaries of time travel <laughs> laws to change the entirety of a 15-year time period. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really also equate this one to The Visitor from DS9 because it's another case where one character dedicates their entire life to fixing a mistake that happened in their past. And Mm -hmm. uh, Harry, just because of the survivor's guilt, he saves everyone, you know? Like, this is what he's wanted to do for so long and Mm -hmm. what he he talks about throughout the episode. Like, I was stuck on this equation for, like, two years and I finally figured it out, you know? Crazy. Um... And he really, like, gets no credit for it for the rest mm-hmm. of the crew. No, Again, everyone's memory is wiped, and no one remembers that this happened. Yeah. Um, because they, like, Chakotay and Harry straight up changed the future and was able to save Voyager. But, like, totally. this has repercussions that we have n- no idea. You know, like, this is a, a huge crew that they're bringing back. Like, it greatly affects the future. Completely. Everyone in the current timeline, we saw Jordy in this episode, like his whole timeline got changed. So whatever we're seeing in Picard is completely different to what track he was on. Like, it's just crazy to think about. Um, and I I also think that it's crazy and like seems very fact, seems very right for Starfleet to, that, that they gave up their search after nine years. 
because at that point, like, even though it's horrible, I do understand it because that's, like, a long time for Mm -hmm. a ship to be missing. missing. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Harry never gave up to the detriment of his career and Chakotay as well. And so I think that's a really interesting pair. Obviously, the two of them were the only two survivors, and so they're really stuck in this together. Yeah, and they drive each other to this outcome. Mm -hmm. So, again, like, thank you both for dedicating your lives so we can have the ultimate timeline back to normal. Seriously. (laughs) Oh, my God. Changed so much of it. And I think that we really get to see a lot more about Harry in this episode. And I think maybe it helps him mature a little bit and realize, like, because of my deep desire to get home, I got everybody killed, Mm -hmm. you know? And that will really quake you and I think that it's kind of hilarious that in Endgame he's still like really gung-ho about the board way to get home yeah and yeah. so and he will continue to be so it's just interesting like old older Harry did say you owe me one in that video and that is just like talk about top 10 like death videos <laughs> like Kirk's okay. was number one but this is number two like that was so good I'm telling you another double is here like yes. another character <laughs> is talking to themselves <laughs> before they die like to Harry Kidd from Harry Kidd <laughs> yeah. like, oh, so here we go <laughs> <laughs> I love it um i well and you know you already talked about endgame this is the exact plot of endgame it's like the exact same um where they're trying to get home they do but it's not a perfect (laughs) way that they get home yeah so a character goes back and changes it for the better yeah (sighs) yeah what we do what would they do for their family the voyager crew literally anything yeah um literally like high counts of treason from starfleet like they're fugitives from starfleet Mm -hmm. um but this is the same as janeway in endgame it's just insane yeah um i can't believe yeah they stole a board temporal transmitter that's how they're able to send signals to 709 in the past and i do i'm so glad that the voyager of the past still trusts them enough to be like okay this is a warning clearly um, and it shuts down the proto, no, no, the drive, the slipstream. Yeah, the slipstream yeah. drive. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it works out in the end. And I think, honestly, it's such a small part, but this, the part of the episode where they're counting down to this warp core breach and Harry's just finishing sending the signal and on like one, he's like, he does this just yes and you see just like this relief just flood his body and then the delta flyer blows up and then they're back on the ship you know and it's just like oh my god like you're right that sacrifice that they made and that tessa made like um, yeah she risked her her career for years to help them and yeah yeah that feeling of yes that harry experiences is mm. you know it's so good so good like he literally achieved his dream yeah literally <laughs> Yeah, well, we owe him one for sure. Oh yeah, we do. And Janeway really owes him a promotion. Come on, <laughs> yeah. She should have just seen that log, or Harry should have just given it to her and been like, "You should see this." Yeah, I'm like, cool as I'm hell. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Well, I think it's a good time to transition to Endgame. Um, yeah. We've already talked about it. The besides the whole destruction of the timeline. And so an entire 
fake out death of everyone. Mm-hmm. There's also within <laughs> the first future a fake out death of Chicote and Seven. And this, mm-mm, I do not like their romance. And <laughs> everyone has their own opinions about it. Yeah. Mm-mm, not for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> uh, Fair. Yeah, I don't like any of that, any of those scenes where they're on dates. I'm like, get away from him, seven of nine. <laughs> <laughs> or just look at you. When have you ever been in a scene together? <laughs> that's, bit, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. So after that shenanigans, we learn that Seven of Nine died on their way home. And, I, you know, in Seven fashion, sacrificing herself for people and all that. Um, and then Chakotay, I think, also has an unknown death. We don't know how Jamie he died. just, like, hangs out by his grave and is like, I'll make this right. And I'm like, I just don't like this. This is very unsettling for a finale, you know? Like, I remember <laughs> watching it the first time and just feeling like anxious knots in my stomach like two two of these amazing characters are dead and they were dating in the past it just everything felt wrong and so i think that's what they were trying to achieve in endgame is to show like this future is wrong like this is not the one you want so you're way more on admiral janeway's side and like even though it's gonna disrupt so many people's lives yeah but it's gonna you know she she does everything for chakotay and seven too i mean they were incredibly close Um, yeah, they're family. Yeah, like we've been saying. Yeah, they're yeah. family, and so like I oh the line where she says, "I know it's been hard living without her all these years," to Takote, and I'm like, "But you love him." <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's so uh, it's hard for you too. Yeah, I just I love Kate Mulgrew in this episode. Absolutely smashes it. Um, totally. We get another double Janeway. I'm saying, yes. like oh. everyone's here. Everyone's doubling up. <laughs> and yeah and Incredible. she's able to change the future so chicote and seven don't remember even dying great great and then hopefully they don't start dating <laughs> we still don't know la 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 we still don't know <laughs> but then a baby's born so it's fine well and i mean seven's not dating anyone in um in the Picard. season one of Picard, because she just had yeah. Bejazel smash her heart. So there's no yeah. no Chakotay in that. So yeah, exactly. we know what happened. So we know. He's going to the Proto Star next. Woo! So, Ashlyn, shall we end this episode on probably one of the coolest death fake-out notes? Yes. Please, let's do it, Rihanna. Bring us home. Okay, so this is the episode Distant Origin. It is a... Beautiful episode uh, episode uh, it is a season three episode mm. so we're sinking into like really good voyager around this time in my <laughs> opinion like i this, we're about to get seven of nine things are going well and i just can't emphasize this enough and like how glad i am that ashlyn made these this watch list because these episodes are fantastic um <laughs> so you know i was actually reminded Actually, no, no, no. I'll I'll save that for later. So, there are two of these alien species that we meet that are named Veer and Gagan. And they are scientists, and they are pleading to their government to say, hey, we found this uh, human skull, is what they found in this cave. Um, Can we please try to identify it for our distant origin theory? And it's interesting how this how this episode starts because we do not get to see Voyager even 
after the credits. Like, we're back to Veer and Gagan. And yep. I'm like, these are cool, cool aliens, but I don't know, like, where our crew is. what's going on, yeah. I just know there's a human skull, so yeah. something about their origin is similar to ours. Yeah, I think this is really bold of them to start mm-hmm. out this way. Um, but obviously, I was just thinking about um, if I was like Wes and had been browsing through um, TV in the yeah. 80s and 90s, even 2000s. Like, so Star Trek is always in syndication, but I'm yeah. thinking about browsing through, and you see on the TV guide that Star Trek is on, Yeah, but it doesn't look like Star Trek. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know any of these people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very strange first 13 minutes to go through. But mm-hmm. I think what's great about it is that it's very relatable and it's very intriguing yes. what's going mm-hmm. on with the politics. I'm like, is this Galileo? Like, are we having another, like, or, like, science-denying, like... Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about culture. Galileo, Rihanna. That's a, that's exactly what they were trying to do. Totally. And, of course, people in power notoriously don't listen to scientists, so... Yeah, exactly. When I think even today, it's, like, a climate change metaphor. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you... Absolutely. There are so many people who don't like science anymore and who yeah. want to ignore science when it's convenient to them. Mm. And this government believes that the distant origin story or the the distant origin theory Mm -hmm. will completely destroy their lives as they know it. Um, Mm -hmm. But what they come to find out is like they ran the genomes of the skull and there's 45 matching Mm -hmm. uh, to them. And so obviously without question, this is a distant cousin or distant relative of earth. So that's right, everyone. The death fake out is the dinosaurs because these (laughs) are evolved dinosaurs (laughs) dinosaurs <laughs> that used to be on earth everyone knows about the dinosaurs right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somehow that tie a t-rex with his little arms he made hey, a t-rex. <laughs> <laughs> he made a <laughs> he made a spaceship <laughs> you know it it was the paleo something dinosaur that hadrosaur um the hadrosaur didn't die and it evolved into this incredibly advanced species, more advanced than Voyager, yeah, than the Federation, um, and this is a big problem for the like government or like religious faction or whatever of the um, of the species. What are they called? The I don't want to just call them the dinosaurs, but I literally my notes I I wrote there's a dino. <laughs> there's so, a dino. I'm, Looking great. Yeah. They do have similar characteristics, you know that like I'm like, "Hmm, I could see that. I think I've seen those bones in some museum." Like, yeah. it's really cool the way they did the makeup for this. Um and I think the most beautiful and incredible parts of these episodes are both Chakotay and Janeway finding out the origins of the species, you know, and finding out that they are distant relatives of the of the dinosaurs is amazing because that is truly like, you know, we all think about that that comet that <laughs> killed all the dinosaurs, you know, and it's very sad. Yeah. And um it's amazing to think that there could be some distant cousins in the Delta Quadrant. Well, I mean, that's very distant. The Delta Quadrant yeah. is so far away. Like what a yeah. amazing trip they took you know Mm -hmm. to really escape earth um well and i mean that's the reason they're so advanced it's been so long yeah exactly it's really satisfying finding out that um 
uh, finding out an answer to something that is always going to be a question on earth you know yes. what really happened to the dinosaurs and mm-hmm. you know we will never really know we can yeah. have like extremely accurate guesses because of yes. scientists and the work that everybody does totally but um you no one was really ever there and so mm-hmm. to to know that well some dinosaurs survived <laughs> is really like a hilarious answer to that and uh but I love how committed they are to making the society seem really complicated and really yeah. similar to ours in some Same. ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like if some giant truth was ever discovered about us, mm-hmm. the government might not tell it to us, you know? Um, exactly, like we were saying with Wes. Yeah, exactly. So um, I I just love how seriously they take the dinosaurs in this one, and I just think it's yes. the most epic death fake-out ever. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. And I love that we're sort of getting another, like, mystery episode, too, you know, and figuring out how this happened. I mean, they don't really give us a lot of scientific explanation as to how, but we at least get to see the parallel of Chakotay sort of talking first to his kidnapper, and then he's just sort of a liaison by the end of the episode. And then we get to see Janeway's side with... Um, one of the injured crewmates that they're able to save, uh, the scientist. And it's just such a tragic ending, though, for Veer and Gagan. You know, like, they threaten him so hardcore that, like, they were going to um, completely ruin Veer's life. And Gagan, I think, was the, like, mm-hmm. lead scientist. Yeah. And so it was just, like, heartbreaking to see it happen to, um, to them. And to know that, like, I hope the civilization continues to advance beyond those, like, that sort of, um, beyond turning a blind eye to clear scientific fact. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I love Chakotay's role in it because he has no, um, stakes against him, really. Like, he's a total guest on their planet, even though he was once a prisoner. Um, he can really say whatever he wants and and can leave. And mm-hmm. so he really uses his position well. And I think he had a great speech to that dinosaur it was lady. so good. Um, I wish that she had listened. Yeah, he pointed out that they had not used technology for so long, or it had mm-hmm. not advanced a certain way because it seemed like it was a bad idea. Um, and they had never done that before because of their, like, yeah, their, their starts and beliefs. And mm-hmm. once they did, they were able to achieve the most amazing things. Um, and so, like, yeah, I don't know, I mean, this is an instant into the Federation, you know, to claim, hey, we're your brother. (laughs) We literally are. Yeah, and I think, too, I want to just talk briefly about the part where they, Veer and Gigan, are, like, disguised, pretty much, like, cloaked themselves on, uh, on Voyager to watch their behavior and to see, like, are we similar to the species, blah, 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 um, and I love that they're seeing, like, Balana and Tom, they're chatting, and to see sort of, oh, this is a mating ritual, like, why do they have to speak so much, you know, all this stuff, and, um, yeah, I just, I love that we get to sort of see the insights into these characters through the eyes of, like, aliens, uh, studying their behavior it reminds me when seven of nine is like studying human behavior and she is also studying tom and balana like they're always sort of always the, a case study <laughs> yeah case study and i just love it too when tom's like byob and balana looks at her at him like what and he's like bring your own bat <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's just fantastic. I love their dates, you know? Yeah, so cute. But it's just a cool way to do it, to still show personal parts of the crew um, and their personality gets to show through to these dinosaurs. So <laughs> it's cool. Oh, I'm just seeing from my notes that um, the dinosaurs, so like this, this specific um, species evolves on a different continent. Mm-hmm. Um but it was at the bottom of the ocean, is what Chicote wow. says. So yeah, wow, that's crazy. Amazing. I mean, they say we don't yeah. know like what's in two thirds of the ocean. So crazy. There could be a bunch of Anything. dinosaurs down there having a yeah, great time. Totally. Yeah. Well, and yeah, it's just this is so good. It's such a great episode for a fake out and for like you know it really talks about like class status too. And I'm like, wow, Voyager, like. Get, get a show that can do both and they did it you know they really did nice. they really did yeah. yeah i it really took me by surprise how serious this episode was because yeah. i was expecting kind of some doctor who dinosaur just run through totally. <laughs> yeah same yeah but then they're like the, the the lead dinosaur lady is like i won't be an immigrant like i'm not related to immigrants and i'm like whoa yeah <laughs> this voyager is so i just love that about voyager like they can really get you with that they can do it all yeah yeah so that was fantastic i just am so glad that we got to have this discussion with you ashlyn with wes earlier and i can't believe that we are like just chugging along this series it feels like it's going too fast yeah it's going too fast i think it's going by nicely though and mm-hmm. I was, I, you know, I say this literally every episode that I, both Rhiannon and I have anxiety about our series that we choose and we think, mm-hmm. oh, like, how's it all going to actually play out? And um, I'm just thankful for Star Trek because the minds that took to create it and the writers who wrote these episodes and scripts are just so creative and fascinating yes. and we oh, see all yeah. different kinds of plots in this, so... God bless the, the writers and death fakeouts and and everything that they teach us. Yeah, truly. And I just want to thank everyone again for listening, for contributing. Just always remember that like we are here if you need a break in your week and we are here during difficult times as well. Just to be here and talk about Star Trek and give you a reprieve from day-to-day life. So I'm also sorry if we sent you into your own um, existential crisis like Neelix. Um, (laughs) And if this is your first one, just watch that episode and you'll feel just like Neelix. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Oh, Rihanna, thank you for joining me. And um, I also want to take a moment to remind everyone to definitely check out our Patreon because we are doing some really exciting things. Rihanna and I just had a meeting uh, the other day about the Patreon, about the Patreon and the kind of stuff that we're going to be expanding to. So it's very exciting. Um, we are almost done with the animated series. We're, we have like two episodes left to review. And then we'll be starting season two of Lower Decks. And you don't want to miss these episodes. They're only 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And they are fun, and we swear. So if you're not on the Patreon, <laughs> you're really <laughs> missing real out. Perks. Yeah, fun, and we swear. <laughs> and they're yeah. they're barely edited, so you you feel like <laughs> really like you're in the room with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Well, thank you, Ashlyn. Can't wait to talk Enterprise with you, and we will be seeing all of you around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the fifth episode of our Death Fake Out series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss the people who died and came back in Enterprise. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr and TikTok, and especially our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating any amount per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive reviews of Lower Decks, the animated series, a review of Galaxy Quest, and Star Trek Trivia. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series. Pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, and feminism. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these episodes. Social media and marketing by me, Ashlyn Gelman, and Rihanna Hurd. Editing is done by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Jerry, our intro and outro is by <laughs> Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I looked away. You should just say Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. No context. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> oh God, I gotta. Okay. No, just ended there. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jerry. We appreciate you. We love you.